Get ready to challenge conventional beliefs about what's possible in creating health, wealth, and happiness. You are listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. This hit show is providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. It is time to open and expand your awareness, accelerate your well-being as Megan shares wisdom, teachings, and experience from a lifelong journey of the heart. Enact the power of radical change with ease and lift your desires to a new perspective. Now, here's Playing on the Edge Radio. Megan's drinking. I'm here. We are. (laughs) It was that moment. That's a great opening to a show. Well, Megan's drinking, and <laughs> there's deadpan well, silence. Come on, it's, a, it's 11 a.m. Oh, hey, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. There we go. Yeah, just so let's throw a few back. Okay, I know it looks like a wine glass, but it's actually water with or- essential oils of orange in it. So. You know what? I'll tell you what. That sounds good, but that is not what it looked like. Stay-at-home <laughs> procedure is well in effect. That's it. Uh, yeah, everybody, welcome. This is Playing on the Edge Radio with me, Dr. Pat, and I get to, do, you know, I love, I love this thing that we do. Uh, and people, Megan, tell us it's really weird because um, we do, we do something that is, hasn't, doesn't have a name and we call it co-hosting, but we looked at what do people want? And when we looked at that, people said, oh my God you pat and i could really talk about what it is i do in your case megan playing on the edge radio Mm -hmm. radical change with these and we can cover some of the most important aspects of life then how fun is that and it is fun and i have to tell you today's topic for those of you you have to know who megan is right and you have to have to know a little bit of how we work together when we show up for a show it's usually after at least an hour of talking about what we're going to talk about. Right, Megan, would you say that's about right? An hour, sometimes an hour and a half. I think we've even gone to two hours. If we're we really have gone to two Yeah, I think <laughs> it was the, yeah. But here's why. Here's what I want you to know about Megan. When I think about the life path of someone, and I think about what they've said yes to do in the world today, I, I'm always in awe about the long and windy road that got them to be who they are in service of other people. Mm-hmm. That's Megan. It doesn't matter whether you've read the book or have looked at the book. There are beautiful photographs, the heart's journey, healing hearts, oracle cards, the guidebook. Maybe you did that. Maybe you caught wind of the fact that she is an incredible mentor and teacher for women takes women through her process, certifies them. Maybe you know that about her. Maybe you might also know about what the confident healer is, the confident healer. But in the end, you have someone that has said yes to soul healing, to energy healing. And when you say yes to something like that, it is very difficult not to be on your path. And Megan, in the years we've done this, this particular conversation, and we'll probably skip a few breaks here, everybody. 
but being on the edge of intimacy, it is a gigantic one, right? It's gigantic. It is gigantic. And first of all, thank you so much for those beautiful words, Pat. I got a lump to my throat. <laughs> um, intimacy is, it's the interaction between two people or two or more people. It's, there's levels of intimacy. The reason that, that this was an important or is an important topic right now is because of what's happening to our personal and human interactions as we try to navigate this pandemic and the ways in which that intimacy is being challenged. And you know, when, when you and I do this work together with the exception of our trip to Seattle back in January when we did this in person, we've been doing this on Zoom the whole time. So an hour or two in my life on Zoom a month, totally manageable. <laughs> but what's happening now with the social distancing and um, isolating and quarantining and businesses trying to continue to run and operate in some kind of a way, Zoom has become the form of intimacy that we're now familiar with. But it's having an impact on us. It's, it's impacting our mental health, it's impacting our physical health, and that's what we're gonna be talking about today is looking at what is actually happening when we are in a constant interaction and intimacy via the computer, the flat screen of the computer, or in a chat room when there's 50 other people on the screen. What is that doing to us? And how is that impacting our energy field, our emotional field, and our physical bodies? You and I should do like a webinar. And I'll tell you this webinar idea. <clears throat> Here's my drink again. <laughs> I have to drink something too before I even say this. I have to drink my black organic. Dr. Darvish, this one's for you. Black organic coffee. <laughs> so here's what I noticed because I'm like you. I'm Zooming it all day. Even when I'm not Zooming it with Olivia and Zach. I'm Zooming it. I'm Zooming it with other groups. I'm Zooming it with clients. <clears throat> And one of the things that's happened to me is as I'm doing that, I'm more sensitive. So I'm, I'm a sensitive person anyway. Now we're going to talk about intimacy. I, I'm, I'm a sensitive person. And what that means is that there's something that happens when I feel people check out and we're having a call. It happened today. <clears throat> We're having a call and finally at some point I said to Linda and Jessica, so like, are you two working? And like, I'm talking and I said, are you two working? And Jessica's like, yeah, actually I am. I have to get ready for a call. And I said, okay, let's talk later. Now I've learned not to take that personally, mm -hmm. but that's the business we're in. You and I are in that. What is happening to the rest of the world though? That's feeling that. Yes. Well, then this is the question. Um, you know, in our in our life, like where we are now, we're up at the cottage still, we're all main island. This, this is where we've been in our social isolation. I want to come. Yes, please do. It would be wonderful to have you come up here. We can do I it. Just I want to come. We'll do a whole thing from the cottage. Yes, wouldn't that be amazing? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> What's happening is that, and, and let, let's go back in time a little bit to March when in our part of the world, everything imploded and shut down and there was this mad panic. What I observed was how quickly people jumped on a platform like Zoom. Uh, I think Skype was Skype's available too, but Zoom seems to be the, the one that everybody's talking about. It's become a household word now. And I love the, the verb you just used, Zooming it. I hadn't heard that before. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, 
but what, what was happening is that people were checking in yeah. with family members, with friends, uh, with colleagues in this frantic pace of, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Because of course we were concerned, but at a, at a measure that wasn't sustainable, isn't sustainable and was out of the norm because where you may have spoken to your mother once a week or every few days or once a month, suddenly now you're checking in, checking in, checking in all the time with everybody. It's exhausting. There's this learning curve as everyone tries to understand how to interact on a platform like Zoom, how to, how to do it properly, how to behave properly. And never mind that we're being told how to behave properly outside of our homes, but now we're trying to learn how to communicate on a platform like Zoom in a way that is not natural. It's not how we've evolved to communicate with one another. And it's creating now, fast forward to where we are four months later, there's a fatigue and an exhaustion that everybody is feeling now. We're just wiped out. And we're, we're wiped out enough because of the ambient anxiety that we're all experiencing with COVID and then there's this added layer of constant communication on a platform that doesn't provide an energy exchange between the people who are using it. That's what I'm observing. Yeah, and one of the things I wanted to, to talk to you about and ask you about that too is how that is translating now. Because when we're looking at the facility or the technology, whatever we want to call Zoom. And, and, and so I want to give a shout out to Zoom for a minute, if I could, mm -hmm. uh, because we've mentioned Zoom, we've mentioned Skype. Certainly we're, we're boosting our Vimeo presence. We're going to do a lot, but, but let me just, let me just give a shout out to Zoom for a minute, because a lot of people may not know this, but there was a scenario that started to happen with meetings, especially in the addiction and recovery arena where there was no passwords. It was literally being, what is that when you crash? Crash, crash a wedding, right? Mm -hmm. the meetings were being crashed. Mm. Within 24 hours, somehow, somehow, Zoom figured that out. And everybody thought Zoom was gonna crash and go down, which I think it did. But they came back mm -hmm. with new upgrades, password, so when we think about this and we think about intimacy for today, one of the things that I'm aware of is how we have to change in this digital world. Do, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like for somebody like me to have three calls today before the show and in all three calls, the people were preoccupied. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Preoccupied? Yeah. Right. Yep, absolutely. Distracted, right. trying to do five things at once. And and I finally said, wow, this must be a tough day for people. Must be a tough day. Yeah. So how is it that we even use the word intimacy today? How do we, how, what are you and I saying when we're saying playing on the edge of intimacy? Mm -hmm. Are we on the edge? Are we never going to get across? Are we going to stand with two feet and always linger? I love that linger song, Benny. What was that, the cranberries? Are we gonna linger? Or are we gonna be able to open up fully? Are we learning how not to open, Megan? I, 10 questions, please answer them all. 
Okay, wait, let me say that. One, two, three. Um, first of all, the word itself, the reason I chose the word, that was really intentional. It's a, it's a loaded word and it's a very sensual word and it's a word that evokes ideas of connection, whether that's a sexual connection or just sitting on the sofa with one another. But intimacy has an energy to it. It's intimate. And when we're intimate, it's usually one or it's two people together, right? It's, a, it's an intimate gathering. Uh, but even that word has been used on, on Zoom. I was on a, on a meeting and there were only 10 of us as opposed to the 70 or 80 that maybe could have potentially shown up. And the moderator said, oh, it's an intimate group. I love when I have an intimate group, right? So it's translating into how we're showing up as a group or as, a, as individuals. However, I don't believe as wonderful as Zoom can be and, and the way in which it's really saved a lot of businesses and a lot of interactions right now, I don't believe we can achieve the level of intimacy that is required for healthy human interactions through any digital portal, right? Through any digital world, we need touch. We need to be in each other's energies. We feed off of each other's energy. And that energy doesn't translate through this medium. And while I've often said to my clients or my students, you know, energy knows no bounds. Of course, you can do energy healing. You can send your energy places. And perhaps if we had the intention as we interact with one another through the platform of Zoom or Skype or something like that, if we had the intention to send our energy to the other person, if we knew that that was a thing we could do, it might broaden the interaction. It might deepen the interaction, but it's still never going to be a replacement for human interaction at the physical level. This is how we've evolved. We are a social species. We need that touch. We crave that touch. And, and while it's difficult enough out in the world to not be able to shake hands or give someone a hug to signal the end of an interaction with someone, it's even more complicated <laughs> when you're doing it digitally. Uh, and one thing I will say kudos to Zoom as well. At the beginning of all of this, there was still that pause where you had to go and click on end meeting and then the little box would pop up and say, are you sure you want to click end the meeting? And you, you'd already said your goodbyes, but then there's still, you can still see each other. and There's still that awkward silence. I noticed a couple of weeks ago that was removed. So now when you hit end meeting, it just shuts down for everybody. <laughs> you don't have that, that awkwardness. But here's a good, a good word to have as a, like the, the opposite of intimacy would, could be awkward, could be awkwardness. Right? And that's what we're that's what we're dealing with right now is an awkwardness in connection, I would say, both at the physical level when we're out in the world and when we're doing this sort of a thing. There's an awkwardness. We're missing the flow. Yeah. And yeah. you know, what's interesting about it is this. I was talking to Linda yesterday about um, how I miss my my ping pong buddies. Mm. Right. I miss other people. Certainly for me, I'm under a little bit more of a quarantine uh, because I go for two treatments twice a year. And in a period of eight weeks, you know, anybody that's getting anything done medically, the doctors are saying, please don't be like foolish. Mm -hmm. They're basically saying, do not go. I don't care how clean the place is that you're going to. For you to be in any space more than an hour is too much. I mean, I have a friend that's um, on chemo and she's so physical in the world and it's her heart 
is hurting so badly. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yes. And I said to Linda yesterday, um, because we talk a lot, right? And I was talking to her yesterday about, I miss my buddies. Mm -hmm. And I said something like, you know, that's why I go and play. And her answer back to me was, no, that's not the only reason you go and play. And, and I thought about what she was saying and I said, yeah, but it's a really big part. How do you think, uh, Megan, and I want to get into this with you, what do you, are there going to be long-term impacts from this? And you notice I didn't say consequences because mm -hmm. I see both, I see all different levels of energy around this. Mm -hmm. What is it that the new communication protocols, what do you think that they have going for them? Oh, my first immediate answer is not much, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's my first response is actually, I, I don't think they're great personally. However, what I do see happening is that uh, some people are becoming closer because they are spending more time reaching out to one another. Right? So maybe grandparents are getting to talk to their grandchildren more often because the parents are making sure that they're checking in on their folks. And so there is that interaction that, that can happen. And wouldn't it be wonderful if that maintained itself, if that awareness of the needs of others became a habit and whether we reach out more at the physical level or we reach out more across channels, that would be wonderful. So that, that, could, be a, that could be a consequence of this if we get into the habit of it. The, the long-term impact, what comes to my mind when you ask that question is, is how resilient human beings are. And you know there's been a lot of talk about the new normal and how we're never going to be able to go back to the way things were before. I'm going to call us out on that belief because quite frankly, humans are creatures of habit. We are craving a normalcy that is familiar to us. And as much as there, are, there have been a lot of benefits and we could have a whole other show on the benefits that have come out of this, we're resilient and we're creatures of habit. So very quickly as things lift and open up, as we get a better understanding and a handle on this, and they will, people are gonna get back in their cars, people are gonna go back out to be social, they're gonna have their picnics, or they're gonna go to their restaurants, the bars or whatever. And in terms of our mental health and our physical health, that resilience that we have as a species is what's going to heal any of the wounding or the trauma that people have experienced during this, this time. So 10 years from now, five years from now, when we look back on this time, there'll be lots of shared memories and shared, shared um, experiences. And I think also though, we'll, it'll be back to normal, the human normal, you know, it might not be exactly what it was in March or in February or in January, but I don't think it's actually gonna be all that different, mm -hmm. all that different. And I know that's not what a lot of people want to hear, and that's my personal opinion on it. But honestly, the resilience and the habitness of our species <laughs> lends, lets me believe that we're going to go back to a, a really a familiar normal fairly quickly. And you know, let me take the let me take the alter ego part of that conversation because you know it's showing up at least here in Seattle. Um, one of the things that has been interesting in talking to some of the people I coach and the people I know here in the Pacific Northwest is the idea of some of these folks working from home in jobs that nobody really thought that they'd be able to work from home. 
mm-hmm. right? They have, and they've done so beautifully. And so I was talking to a woman the other day and she said, you know, my boss wants me to come back and uh, I've had COVID-19. I'm not quite sure what the rules are, but she says, you know, I'm really productive. I've got my own office cottage, so to speak. And so there's this other side of this where people, because of what's going on and because of these new protocols have been forced to spend more time with their family. And and I mean forced. I mean, if you hear folks talk about it, initially they were like, we didn't sign up for this. Now what I'm starting to hear about is, well, I heard one one guy I was talking to said to me, I didn't realize how much I I was missing out, how much of my family I was just missing out on. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he said, it literally said to me, you know, one day my, my dog was, you know, eight months old. Now he's eight years old. I don't know what happened. And that's a different level of awakening. And it's a, it's the, the other side of the intimacy conversation with new technology. You see what I mean? Well, for sure. And, and those families that have been forced together and ha- are having to navigate what it's like to share a space all the time, 24 hours a day, that is a level of intimacy that has either been a positive experience for them or perhaps not so positive, depending on how well that family unit is in their in their the way in which they relate to one another. I, and so, yes, I think there's, there's two sides to every coin. So for some people, this has been an awakening. It's been eye-opening and, and, they're, and they're going, their lives will be changed forever. And for some yeah, people, yeah, it's not- and I'm curious from people that are listening, if you're listening or watching on Facebook, what has this been like for you? You know, what are you dealing with, with your own intimacy, whether it be with online communications? You know, give us a little comment on social media, on Facebook. But for those of you that want to chat with Megan, give us a shout. 1-800-930-2819. You know, the thing that it's hard to even remember, and I think you touched on it, Megan, and I really want to get deeper into it, is there is a healing power in touch. Mm -hmm. Some people haven't experienced it in months yes and and when i think about our more senior population mm-hmm. these po- these these amazing people that would be visited on a regular basis maybe a, a grandchild or a godchild i mean that has shut down yeah yes and that that is having an, a major impact on the mental health and the overall health of that population not only for themselves, but also for their family members who are not allowed to, to come in and see them. I mean, I've heard countless stories of people going into hospital for various reasons and their spouse is not allowed to come with them, even though they've been together in this quarantine for however many weeks, right? They're not allowed to have that support with them. There's a reason that isolation is a form of human punishment for bad behavior, right? When we send someone to jail because they've broken the law, and then if they misbehave even more when they're in jail, and they go into isolation, that's the ultimate punishment. And now we're doing this to our older population and even to ourselves 
and wondering what the consequence of that is going to be. Well, it's going to be that someone feels as though their rights and privileges and their their very fabric of their understanding of reality has been taken away from them. And they haven't done anything wrong, but it's going to feel like they have. There was this beautiful story here in Victoria, uh, an old man, an old man, what was he, 99 or 102 or something like that. Oh, 101, that's right, 101. And he decided to do 101 laps around his rest home. <laughs> to raise money for uh, COVID relief. And they asked him, the interviewer, I said to him, what's the thing that you miss the most right now about being in this isolation? And he said, my wife, his 98 year old wife is, he's not allowed to see her. So he's 102 and she's 98 and they've been together for 75 years, 60 years, whatever it was. And he's not allowed to see her. Honestly, that, when I read that story, I felt a lot of anger at that point. And I, I get it. I get that we're trying to keep people safe. But at what cost? At what point? Because quite frankly, if I've lived to be 101 years old, <laughs> I don't think anyone owes me anything. <laughs> and if I want to see my wife and if there's a, a health consequence to that, well, come on, I'm 101, for goodness sakes. <laughs> do you see what I mean? Like I do. It just, do. It, broke my, it broke my heart to, to hear that. Uh, and, and to know that that's the story that so many people right now are experiencing. And I don't, uh, there's not an easy answer to it, but it is important for us to acknowledge it, that, that that intimacy that people would be used to, that would actually be the thing that keeps them healthy, has been taken away from them in a time of uncertainty already. Yeah, I don't, there, I don't have words for it, to be honest. I'm not really sure where to go with it because it's so, it just, yeah, it breaks my heart when I think about it like that. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing that you talked about here, and let's, let's reconnect with this when we come back from break. But one of the things that I think I've been struck by, I've been struck by three different things regarding this particular topic. Um, one of them, you know, my team is literally feeling the brunt of, and that is I've been acutely aware now of how innovative people have gotten with their visual, uh, how do I want to say it? Not presentation, but the way they visually present themselves. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is they know if this is all I've got, they're, they're just doing, and sometimes it's a little bizarre, but it's still really fun and cool, right? I'm noticing people that you wouldn't call artists or people, they're just, something popped out for them, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I, I've noticed. The, the second thing I've noticed is that we have to learn a new level of connecting in this format. And what I mean by that is that if you do finally connect with somebody on a call like this, Megan, then please, all of you listening, please be here now mm. be in that call put down your phone stop whatever you're doing if you're going to talk to people talk to them listen listen to them mm -hmm. right hear them understand them you can get to that thing that you got to do whatever that is in 10 minutes from now because that right there that effect that level of, how did somebody put it to me the other day? Um, 
oh God, it was a strange word, but it boils down to not being sensitive, right? Right. And all of us are probably guilty of that. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is, how do we keep our hearts open and push past the absolute energetic, energetic motivation of fear? Fear. Mm -hmm. How do we get ourselves so that we understand what fear gets us and what it doesn't? We're going to take a short break and we come back. Megan's going to take that on. But before we do, Megan, how do people, let's just let folks know how they can find out about you, how they can work with you, all of the above. Yes, absolutely. So you can find me through my website, which is meganedge.ca. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I have an Instagram account. Where else? Oh, YouTube. <laughs> you can find us at our YouTube channel. If you look up Megan Edge Healing, that will link you to all of my presence on the digital in the digital world. <laughs> then there's old fashioned um, email or call me. You can always reach me 2505891482, although I prefer email. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about how fear manifests. Uh, one or two things. It will either catapult us to a level of intimacy, which we've never been at before or it will shut our hearts down like the North Pole. Let's take a short break, we'll be right back. Hi everyone, I'm the host of Nothing But Now, Mindful Living with Dr. Mary Angela McGuire on Transformation Talk Radio. I share ideas, insights, and tools you can use to release yourself from fearful and negative thinking and live from a place of clarity and confidence. Please join me in each show where we challenge ourselves to change together. Please go to my website, mcguirelifecoach.com. That's mcguirelifecoach.com. See you next time. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Yeah. Check us out at drpatcho.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh my goodness. A word of caution. If you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, 
but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. What is it about some of those songs, Benny? What is it about that song? Oh, the early 90s get a little sensual for many people. I think that's it's what they were going for. It's a little sensual. Yeah, yeah. Thing. We had to get away from the hard early, you know, early 90s and kind of smooth things out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. I have no idea. No, no, I think that really makes a lot of sense because we want to get away from sort of the uh, uh, wham 1980s. Oh, right? no, you that, can't get away from wham. Uh, that, no, no, hey, 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 watch yourself. I now. know. <laughs> I just loaded all of that onto yeah. my iPod thing, but you're right about the 90s because they started out with one of the most. You want to talk about intimacy? You ready? Ready. The song that I can't even listen to this song without just having reflections on every relationship I've ever had that broke my heart. I cannot even listen to this song, but I listen to it and it's on my iPod like in a hundred places. Nothing compares to you, mm. <laughs> Sinead O'Connor. Uh, Megan Edge, we are talking about intimacy today. Before we get into it, I want to just make sure we mention again how people can work with you. Tell us a little bit about some of the things you're doing, some of the events, please. Well, I'm very excited to share with you that my Confident Healer program is about to end for this year, and I've got these amazing healers about to be certified as mind, body, and soul healers. We wow. just did our retreat up here at Maine Island last weekend. This is the essence of spirit of essence retreat that I've created for them, where I take them through this amazing process of finding their personal medicine in nature. And we go through all the elements. We, we walk on water by paddle boarding. We do a silent forest walk. We, um, we walk through time. The beach down here is a shale beach. It's full of fossils, hundred million years old. We have these amazing conversations. We just have an absolute ball. And next weekend is their graduation. So they're going to be out in the world. And right now, the world needs healers more than ever. And I've been saying for a decade, the world needs healers. And if you think you're a healer, then you are a healer. And if you want to become a healer, capital H, make this your work, come and see me and I will teach you. I will take you through my whole process and, and graduate you as a healer. Even more so right now, alternative healing, energy healing, massage, touch, all of that, um, intuitive counseling, all the things that I teach people how to do and that I provide for my clients, people are going to be looking for this because what I think is happening, what I feel is happening is that there's some, I think people are feeling betrayed by mainstream medicine. And I'm not in any way against mainstream medicine. I want to be very clear about that. For me, it's always about building bridges between mainstream medicine and alternative medicine or ancient medicine or metaphysical medicine, whatever you want to call it. It's always about building bridges. So in no way is this to disparage mainstream medicine. What I'm hearing from people though, is that they're feeling betrayed. That this whole thing with COVID is, is having a lot of people question the way in which they have given over their health to a system that is very good at reacting, but may not be as good at 
at, at continuing, at, at being well, right? I mean, that's what our medicine, our medicine, our mainstream medicine does. It reacts. What alternative medicine does is creates a wellness. It yeah. permits, how do we stay well in our body so that we need mainstream medicine less than how many people are, how people had been using it. And interestingly, I was talking with somebody who works in the hospitals recently, and she said the emergency rooms in Victoria are empty. They're empty. Wow. People aren't going to emergency for the things that they used to go for because they don't want to be in the hospital. Right. And, and often the things that people thought they had to go to emergency for were really not emergencies. Some often, yes, but, but often no, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like somebody, what would be a good example? Um, a cut on their finger that doesn't require stitches that they could have taken care of at home if they knew how to. So people aren't going to the emergency any longer. They're, their whole relationship with their health is changing because of, of what we're going through right now. And, and to an extent that ties into the conversation around intimacy. It, if you've ever been in, a, in an emergency room, it's a very intimate place. And intimate things happen in the emergency to, to save lives for sure. If we're taking our health into our own hands now and we're learning how to take care of ourselves, we're learning how to eat better, we're learning how to work with essential oils, we're learning how to do energy healing, we're just learning, or we're learning how to meditate. I and mean, these are all the things that we want, we were going to talk about at the end to, to help people understand how to navigate all of this lack of intimacy, where that is something that people are now focusing on. As we come out of this, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the hospitals. If it continues to be not as busy as it had been before, it'd be an interesting observation to make. Anyhow, that was a rabbit hole, but <laughs> it seemed appropriate. Yeah, but you know, here's what it is. I love that you brought that up. The other thing that we're not talking about because we're not talking about it is, so you know I live in the Pacific Northwest and I'm truly blessed with some of the most integrative, that means, right, natural mm -hmm. and other, integrative and natural. This is the home of Bastyr University here. Um, so we're really blessed with people that took on diseases that were happening across the world that nobody can find a cure for. We had one of the first remedies here uh, out of Bellevue for Lyme disease. But here's what nobody's talking about. Three people I know uh, came down, got COVID-19 and they went so far under the radar because they called Dr. Darvish she did her thing, never went to the hospital, never experienced. And it's very difficult to have those conversations now, right? Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to ask you about because of your healing work, you said something I wanna go back to. Okay. You said, if there was ever a time to heal. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the question I have for you because intimacy and the lack thereof is showing up everywhere. Mm -hmm. So two things that I'm really struck by. One, I'm watching my cousins, my nieces and my nephews all on the street asking me where I am. It just every day I'm getting their pictures on my little messenger thing that I'm trying to figure out even how to use, but they're out there. That's mm -hmm. their nature. And their comments to me is really interesting. And what they say to me is, look, man, you know, we've got pictures of you from the 60s and 70s and, and, 
but some of us cannot be out there. The next thing that I want to ask you about is, and this all has to do with the new technology, the zooming, the, the capturing of, of hugs that without this technology, we wouldn't get. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend uh, is uh, uh, attending the, the funeral. It's going on right now. And um, her comment to me, I didn't even think about. She says, we don't, she says, she says, Patty, if, can you imagine being at this event? She says, I know you would have been here being at this event and not being able to hug people. And I got to tell you, Megan, prepping for the show today, mm -hmm. I just thought, oh my gosh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. I well, didn't think of what we do right. to help each other. That's and right. we can't do it. That's the, that's the physical, that's the physicalness of us as a species. So up here in Canada, we're, we're in a, a slightly different place. And in, in BC, we're in a very fortunate place and especially Vancouver Island and the Gulf Islands where I am right now, zero cases. We haven't even had a case on Main Island. Um, we can hug, <laughs> but, but what's interesting is when we look at the protocols and the behavior and how, what, what, what we were advised against doing. I watched people take that to the letter of the law to the point where they were even snitching on, on each. I saw somebody hugging today. Can you believe it? Well, did you ask if they knew each other? Maybe they've been quarantined together for the last two weeks, you know, <laughs> like, but that's where people's brains went. That's where their minds went. Like, you can't do that. Well, you can actually. And our Bonnie Henry, bless her, a couple of weeks ago started talking about how you can hug people now and who you can hug and where, who's in your bubble of association? Who do you feel safe with in hugging? So a, a couple of weeks ago when we went back into town, we had some people over at the appropriate distancing and I said to them, would you like a hug? I said this to my, my stepmother and she started crying and she said, yes, more than anything. So we're asking permission now for something that we maybe should have been asking permission to do beforehand, but really if it's somebody that you know and that you're intimate with, you just know that you can do that. And yeah. how healing that is to, to have that moment of physical touch, that, that moment of contact. So I, I don't know how it is in the States right now, but that's what's happening up in Canada where we're, we're being told it's okay now. If you feel safe and the other person feels safe, if, if you've been intimate with them, in other ways, like they're in your family, they're in your bubble, everybody's healthy, it's okay to hug. And, and, I, and I just, I find it so fascinating that we got to a place where we felt like we couldn't or we were told that we couldn't. It was forbidden. You know, it became clandestine to give someone a hug. And I don't mean to make light of it because I understand why we had to do that. But again, and the whole point of the show is that at a certain point, we are going to have to start touching each other again. We're going to have to, we're going to need to be in each other's energy, physically in person with one another. If, if we don't have that, it's, it's the experiment that was done in the 1970s with the little baby monkeys. Right. And why, like who came up with this experiment in the first place? I have no idea. Cause you'd think it would be obvious that interaction at a physical level is really important. But nonetheless, if you're not familiar with this study, they took a little tiny newborn baby monkey away from its mother 
separated the two of them, put them into rooms where they couldn't even see one another or be close to one another and observed what happened. And well, the baby died. And shortly afterwards, the mother died, went into depression and she died. So then they, they upped the experiment and they put them where they could see each other, but not touch each other. It was just, it was a horrible experiment. And the, and the long and the short of it was, we need physical touch to thrive. We need physical touch to thrive, not even survive, but to thrive. Right. And we're not having that right now. And so people aren't thriving. And some people are barely surviving emotionally and mentally because we don't have that intimacy because we're told we can't have that intimacy. That is illegal. Yeah. We're against the law. Yeah, one of the folks on Facebook uh, sent a message and he talks exactly to this. Thank you, Bob, thanks for the message. And he says, we are, we are social creatures. I need, I need hugs to survive. How about you? No kidding. I mean, you know, one of the things that I realized in talking to Linda about the whole ping pong thing is all the hugging we do, all the hugging we do, all the handshaking we do, all the, I mean, you know, it's an interesting thing. And I agree with Bob. Uh, I come from a Mediterranean and South American family. There's, I mean, if you have ever been hugged by my grandfather, when he <laughs> grabs you by those cheeks, like in that traditional cheek hugging, kissing way, that was so traditional. But yeah. now the conversations, Megan, are like this. Yeah. Okay, Linda, you're going to come. And Linda's like, yeah, I'm going to come, but I'm going to need to quarantine for two weeks. And I'm like, well, no, really? Um, I mean, ah. Yeah. It's, there's no words, right? This is what I was trying to express earlier. There's just no real, there's no words to, to describe what that is like to not have that. At, at a deep, deep level, we can talk about it at the service, but at a deep level, it's intrinsic to our, our very humanness. And it's not just us, all mammals do it, all creatures do it, all creatures on this planet, right down to the cellular level, require touch and intimacy in order to thrive. Mm -hmm. So how, what do we do when we can't have that? How, are, how can we support ourselves? Because I, I want to leave people with, with some, some hope. <laughs> some tools and techniques, some way of, of, of having that touch. So at the risk of sounding too intimate, certainly there's self-touch. You can, you can hug yourself. You can give yourself massage. You can stimulate those sense receptors on the surface of your skin by, by giving yourself that touch. The people who you are with, the people who you can be with, that you feel safe with, touch, that you touch each other, right? Hold each other's hands, put your hand on their shoulder. If you have to ask permission, then ask permission. If they say no, then respect that. But if you've got people in your life that you can have that intimacy with, right now, more than ever, I think it is so important to find those places in your life where you can have that. If you've got a pet, cuddle up with your pet. <laughs> you know, if you're if you are on Zoom and you can't pick up on the social cues that we would normally intrinsically unconsciously pick up on to understand how someone's feeling, then put more of your body in the screen. Like here are my hands, I'm, I'm moving my hands around so you can get a sense of the emotion that's coming through me rather than just having your face up super, super close and where you can't get to see what the body is, is doing. Go out for that walk and when you see somebody, even if you have to be six feet apart from them, you can do the whole air hug thing that people have been doing. Have you seen this or the elbows? 
the ways that were like right from the beginning, we were trying to give each other hugs at that energetic level. Uh, and then, you know, lots of people have been talking about self-care and meditation and drinking lots of water and, and all those things. We don't need to go over those again. I think what's really important is that when we start talking about intimacy and touch, we recognize that we have the capacity within ourselves to give ourselves that self-care at that physical level. And then as things are opening up and we are able to be closer to one another, make sure you're, you remember that, um, was it a phone commercial, reach out and touch someone? Oh, to totally remember. <laughs> I worked with a phone company for about a reach out yeah. and touch someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but I think it is. And I also think though, Megan, it'll be a really long time before we get back to the way that we really were that level of intimacy. You know, I call it casual intimacy, right? Because you see somebody, you walk up, you give them a hug, right? I mean, it, it is a thing that you do. I think we'll think about it. I think my cousin, my, my, my cousin, who's like a 20 or 30 years younger than me, said something to me that was really interesting. She said, you know, she said, look, Patty, here we are, and we are, we are out there. Um, and uh, everybody wants to be heard. That's all right. That's okay. okay. Um, and she said to me, we are out there. And she said, you know what the hardest thing for us is? And she is an activist from get-go. I mean, she did more for the LGBTQ community than I can even think of. But she said, have you thought about, have you seen the television clips? There are not many of us hugging. There are not many of us touching. And she said, it is one of the hardest things. Yes, we're out there and some people have masks and some don't. But normally, it, in any gathering of this, we are affectionate towards each other. And she, her words are, it's heartbreaking. Mm. You know, not it's heartbreaking, she said, to be out there. But she said, it's a different level of hurting in the heart. And I think that's what you're talking about today. It is a different hurting. Mm -hmm. It's a collective hurt that we're all experiencing. And because there's so much going on in the world right now on, in lots of different ways, and we, and we know what they are, we see the suffering that people are experiencing. And our, our initial instinct is to reach out, to help someone. I, could do my, I can do my work as a counselor and an energy healer in this format. I can do it on Zoom. I've done it before. I've, I do distance counseling. It's not the same. It's not the same as being able to reach out and hug my client when they have a huge breakdown or to do energy work on them, put my hands on their body, on their heart and help them move through that grief that they're experiencing or whatever the big aha moment is. It's not the same. And part of the exhaustion that we're feeling, it's the, it's the collective heartbreak and it's the struggle to try to maintain some level of intimacy with what we have at hand, you know, and bless Zoom and Skype and all these other amazing things, bless our technology that we can look at one another in the eye and have that level of intimacy. It, it's just not the same. It's not the same. So the healing that we're going to all have to do after this is all said and done is going to go deep. It's going to go deep and it's going to take time. But I do have a hope in my heart when I think of the resilience of the human spirit, when I think of the, the way in which we are creatures of habit and how we crave and need that physical touch, I see it coming back. They will be there. In fact, with more gratitude perhaps for some people than they had experienced mm -hmm. before, 
in terms of their ability to be intimate with one another. Yeah. Yeah. And I read the, I read the information you sent about this new term now, what is it called? Caution fatigue. Yes. Right. But yeah. it really gets at the core of how we are self-monitoring in ways that is so not human. It's, and it's exhausting. And this is what we're feeling. And, and what was interesting about that article too, I mean, it was very timely for what we were talking about three weeks ago when we started, when we set up this show, yeah. is so many people are feeling it now. They're asking, what is this? You know, what is this exhaustion that I'm experiencing right now? And are you experiencing it too? And as we start talking about it, we realize, yeah, we are experiencing it. It's exhausting to be in a Zoom meeting with 18 people on the screen and you're constantly trying to see who's talking. It, I get dizzy and nauseous when I do it. So I've actually been on social distance, uh, I call it social media distancing for the last few weeks. I've been limiting, I've been saying no to the next gazillion Zoom calls of a, you know, where, there, where there's a group. I'd rather pick up the phone right now yeah. and not see your beautiful face because there, it takes a lot of work to monitor what's going on physically. It's actually quite relaxing now for me to be on the phone and I never really was a big phone person. <laughs> but that's, that's one of the things I'm doing to help my own exhaustion level is to say, let's, let's just chat on the phone, shall we? Instead yeah. of going through. But I know that's in the body of work you're doing to help people shift their mindset, right? Yeah. To really get into this place of a new kickstart, right? Sometimes, you know, we do need to have a new level of kickstart for our hearts at various points in time in our lives. And I know that's what your message is. Yeah. Um, Megan, thank you for taking this conversation to a new level. Uh, and really addressing what it is that the masses are feeling and what we can do about it. Um, last last question, what is your personal message? And please, again, let folks know how they can find out more about you. The, what I would like to leave people with today is let's bring it back to the heart. You know, that's really what intimacy is all about. It's, it's a heartfelt experience. And you have the capacity within your own heart to open that up and to give that to yourself and to give it to others in whatever creative way you can. And I know that there are millions of people around the planet right now that are doing just that. So even though we can tap into this collective exhaustion or this ambient anxiety, there are so many people doing so many amazing things. It's really important to remember that and to see that in yourself as well. What things are you doing every day that's making a difference for somebody else? You've been listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network, providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. If you've missed any part of this episode or want to find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca.